VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 629, recorded on October 19th, 629th edition of the TD Gaming Podcast, the 462nd episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Dunzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game... Oh my god. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. <laughs> so, uh, uh, what have you been playing, Scott? I've been playing uh, Cold Steel 4, getting... Getting through that game, uh, teeing up or trying to find the missing instructor Reem, uh, who was captured at the end of the third game, and now we're like, you know, running around searching for him, pretty much. And we have these big mechs, so it feels a little bit like uh, Xenosaga, where you get to fight in mech battles, and uh, it's. You know, there's not a whole lot of games I've played that have mechs like this with in a JRPG, but I guess it uh, it's a it's a staple, it seems. How about you, TJ? What have you been playing? I might have a new game of the year. Again? Uh, yes. Yet again? Yes. This, this would be a third game of the year. So, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 VR oh. for review. Okay. Um, I've been getting uh, offers to to play that as well, and I do have the Oculus. It is fucking amazing. Um, now I, it helps that I'm a fan of the original Resident Evil Four. I really think that's what, probably one of the the high, the tipping points of the entire series. Like, I think Resident Evil Four may have been like the best and worst thing to happen to to Capcom because a it changed up their controls altogether, but it also went way more towards an action po- an action. It, 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 that was still a pretty scary game, but it was kind of like the tipping point towards action from fear. Well, here's the thing. Um, you have the slow burn sort of uh, horror film, a game in which, you know, there are creepy things around the corner and Resident Evil 4 is just, yeah, it's um, 28 days later. You just have zombies running right at you. Mm-hmm. But um, you have the, the siege. Mad- you have to. You have to. You, very early on, you have all these Spaniards. You're in a, inside the house. You keep on tipping over the ladders, and you know they keep on coming up. And then you have these. Every so often, if you headshot one, this tentacle comes out. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So the Mad Lads did it. They adapted the whole damn game into VR. Like, nothing is missing, and everything feels good. I was unimpressed when I saw the trailers for this game. I thought it was going to be underwhelming. I thought it was going to be, uh, I thought it was going to be kind of a gallery shooter that, uh. No VR game looks good in a trailer, really. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a gallery shooter that just like you, you that kind of skimped on, uh, the experience or watered it down. No, every single corner of Resident Evil 4 is in this experience and and like and adapted very well. 
and in and in fact, by adapting the controls to VR, it actually gets rid of some pain points of control in that game. You uh you now have the ability to use both of Leon's hands as you wish. And to that end, you have your pistol on one hip, uh you have a equipable two handed weapon on, on your shoulder, which would be a shotgun, rifle, or machine pistol or rocket launcher. Um you have your you have you can equip a grenade to your ch- to your uh, to your chest on your dominant side and then on your offhand side you have your knife on your chest you have uh, an equipable healing item on your shoulder and you can like you can wield the pistol with one hand and hold the knife in the other hand or you can just like hold the pistol in one hand grab the grenade with your other hand grab a healing item all sorts of stuff that you couldn't that you were like had to choose one or the other before. There it sounds like, a lot like they um, did uh, what what uh, the Walking Dead VR game did. Yes, but it's like it's v- it's it's Resident Evil'd up to a to a great degree. Um, nothing feels like all packed into too, to too small of a space. Like you can have you can have. Uh, like VR interactions on your body where things are just too tightly cramped together and you end up grabbing the wrong thing. This doesn't feel like that. The only time that that's ever happened to me is when I was going to try to pick up an item off a dead body and I accidentally ended up grabbing a clip of ammo instead because your ammo is on your off hip. Um, that said, like I'm impressed with every everything that they adapted so far. Like, there's a boss battle that's on a boat that I thought was going to be just nausea-inducing. But they built, like, a specific set of comfort options for that boss battle. And I think that's incredibly... It's incredible, like, how much thought they put into the comfort aspect of this game while also adapting the actions of the game into a sensible thing. Uh, the only thing I'm not crazy about, well, there's a couple things. Ashley still kind of sucks when you have to escort there. You have to escort this girl around at certain points and keep her safe. And, yeah, but and you know, here's the thing. Ashley at least hides in a hides when she, when the action goes down, except when of course to, she's being kidnapped. But you have to tell her to hide. But if she's with you, you have to keep her safe. And she is dumb. She, uh, she, if you... Couldn't you tell that from what she was wearing? Come on. First off, if you, in the original game, if you pointed in her direction and, like, the actual laser of your reticle was on her, she would duck. Now, because VR motion is very much faster, if you even point the gun in her general direction, she'll stop what she's doing and duck down, which is a very bad thing if you're trying to back away from a crowd of angry villagers and they're trying to murder you. Sorry about that. Put my phone on silent. Um, the other thing is quick time events are hit or miss in the game. And for the most part, you simply like when a when an enemy grabs you, you have to like wiggle the controls to get free. And it's a similar thing for several things. Like when you're running from a boulder, you rig- you wiggle the controls as if you're running. Um, there's a few like nuanced ones where like you're going to be hit with an axe, and so you have to swing the controls to the left to uh, to avoid being hit by the axe, and I think stuff like that is pretty cool. But then there's, like, th- there's one where, like, 
a rope get, gets caught around your ankle, and you have to, and Leon has to cut it free, and it has you wiggle the controls for that too, which is dumb because there's another one where it actually puts you back in first person view, and you actually slash away at a situation, and so like, I don't, I think they kind of like, I think they kind of skimped on the cute, the quick time reactions, but also, but also, you can turn them off. You can just like straight up turn off quick time events and have the se- the scenes play out as if you successfully did them, which I think is a fucking great idea because a lot of people out there fucking hate quick time events in games. Um so yeah, this game has been flooring. It's been mind-blowing how well they adapted it. I have mostly just good things to say about it. It's it's Resident Evil 4. It's all of Resident Evil 4 adapted into a good VR game. Capcom is happy you approve. <laughs> Anyways. Come back to us, Joan. <laughs> oh well. Um, <laughs> um as for me, I've been mostly playing Back for Blood. Um just basically doing the solo uh campaign. Not much more to say, except <clears throat> I figured out the build that I like. I figured out that I'm really into being a tank, which means um, one of the most important things that I have is that, um, you know how you can just push zombies back? You know, Um, I have the card that turns that pushback into a knife, so I actually kill them when I push them back. And then I have a load of health and stamina, and I have a shotgun that has modded to... um, uh, do triple damage uh, against weak spots on special zombies, but I can no longer zoom, which isn't that big a problem. What's funny is that if you get the zoom option, you, you can sort of kind of semi-zoom, but what it does is that it actually um, does an auto-aim when you go into it. So uh, so basically, I, I am a tank. I'm just there with a the shotgun and the knife, and I'm just in front just killing things. And clearing the way for people with high health and high stamina and a shotgun. And that's how I've been playing the game. Nice. Yep. So, um, I still haven't changed my game of the year yet. It's still Psychonauts 2. Mm-hmm. I'm not fickle like you are, but, you know. This, this like, I, I had no idea Resident Evil 4 VR was going to be so dang good. <laughs> it, like... It caught me by complete surprise. Well, we'll see. Uh, Age of Empires 4 is coming out in like two weeks. No, next next week, actually. Um, and a lot of people are... I already have it preloaded. It's going to be interesting to see what they did with it. There's a lot of people bitching about the graphics. And it's like, what? This is, a, this is an RTS, you know? The graphics are supposed to be secondary to the gameplay. You know, and for the first time, Age of Empires is taking into account, you know, height. You know, uh, you know, having the high ground, that sort of thing. So we'll see. Anyways, um, we're we're gonna move on to the game news. Go ahead, TJ. Alrighty, Microsoft is definitely not done acquiring studios from PC Gamer. Phil Spencer says that Microsoft isn't done isn't done buying game studios. I'm really proud of some of the creators that have chosen to become part of Xbox, Spencer said during the Wall Street Journal Tech Live event, which has been transcribed by VGC. 
He he then reiterated that uh, Xbox Game Studios isn't opposed to bringing more studios on board if they're a good fit. We're always out there looking for people who we think would be a good match and teams that would be a good match for with our strategy, he said. So we're definitely not done. Xbox Game Studios currently houses a whopping 23 studios. Last year's ZeniMax's, ZeniMax Media acquisition or last year's ZeniMax Media acquisition bolstered its numbers significantly, with Microsoft scooping up the likes of Bethesda Game Studios, its software, and Arcane. One recently re- re- released from a Microsoft-owned studio is Psychonauts 2 from Double Fine, Deathloop from Arcane, which also received positively. Next year, Bethesda Game Studios will release Starfield, its first big new single-player RPG since Fallout 4. Another major re- major recent acquisition by Microsoft was Obsidian, which is working on a big Skyrim-like RPG called Avowed. You know, their their um <clears throat> their strategy is basically Netflix. Just get as many different things onto the onto Game Pass at once and see who likes what. You know, there was a moment where everybody thought they were going to buy Sega. I was about to say, and uh, yeah, the thing that we're going to buy Sega next because we have a Deal with Sonic, and our controller is blue, and, um, oh, Phil Spencer has that thing on his shelf, you know? <laughs> what was it that was on his shelf that made people go, ooh, ah? Like, I would say that Sega would... I, 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 I want to argue that Sega probably doesn't need Microsoft's money, but at the same time, they... It's a lot of money. Microsoft has shown with like ZeniMax that they are willing to drop a ton of money on the table. <laughs> well, the reason why uh, Sega keeps on getting brought up is that Microsoft and Sega have collaborated on a lot of shit, uh, like uh, mm-hmm. the 2K games, Jet Set Radio Future, you know, and a lot of stuff. Of course, now it seems like Sega is more buddy buddy with Nintendo because, hey, guess what? Sonic goes really well with Mario. Yeah. I- Oh, I was Scott. wondering if Konami or maybe Level 5 or, I don't know, some other developer might get bought up by them, but uh, we'll have to see. Because you know, some people do say no to Microsoft, so it's uh, really interesting. A lot of people are saying Bungie, but the problem with that is that um, Bungie really doesn't have much in their way. And besides just they already have 343 Studios. Then you have Warner Brothers... And one of the th- interesting things, um, there's been there's been a lot of videos coming out because of the event going on, and um, they recently showed the Gotham Knights trailer, and it was made to seem like it's only on Xbox. It's the only thing that they say it's on Xbox, and I'm pretty darn it is multi-platform, right? Because I'm pretty sure that it is going to be on Sony, right? It, it just seems like Microsoft and, and Warner Brothers are buddy buddy right now too, but on the other hand. They have the developers, but Warner Brothers owns the IPs, and that's the only reason why you'd want to get Warner Brothers Interactive, is for the IPs. And Warner's not going to sell DC Comics, for one. <laughs> they sell a lot of video games. That's what, that's what the DC Comics is good for right now, is selling video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like... DC, like you said, DC and Warner Brothers' strategy goes far beyond video games. Um, you know, that's a good yeah. enough first segue. What did you think of the two games, the uh, Gotham Knights game and the Suicide Squad game? I think Suicide Squad looks delightful. And 
I was really happy to uh I was really happy to see the reveal of Deborah Wilson for Amanda Waller. She looks good. And uh, it was interesting to watch the Gotham Knights, uh, which basically confirmed, yeah, the big bad is going to be the Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an open secret as much as, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's going to be Jason Todd as the villain in Arkham Knight, you know. But, um, yeah, I really don't like Jason Todd, by the way. I must be one of the few people who's just like, eh, he's better off dead. I like him better dead than he is alive. Tim Drake is probably the best of them, in my opinion, and I don't think he gets as much uh, love as he should. Well, I mean, someone has to be Robin, and uh, I don't see Damian Wayne anywhere in the game. So Yeah. But it should be fun. I, uh, I've, I've always liked the idea that they have this sort of drop-in, drop-out uh, co-op experience where uh, – you can just like join up with a buddy in the middle of their mission and, and help them out if you want. Um, it will be interesting to see how that works because it's it, it's still been it was still very early in development when they mentioned that. But I really do want to see how this sort of co-op Arkham Knight experience plays out. Also, it's nice to see Huntress getting some love because she's one of the bad family that seldom ever gets any notice lately. I, I mean, unless it's a uh, you know. Um TV show. Oh damn! What is it called again? Uh, I forgot the name of the TV show. Uh, Birds TV of Prey. Birds, Birds of Prey. Prey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Birds of Prey. I mean, Huntress. Oh. You, you seldom see in any other media, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was Batgirl for a while, wasn't she? I I know that she's an Earth. She was from an alternate Earth. Um, yeah. And she was uh, 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 Bruce Wayne's daughter, I believe, from another Earth. I remember correctly, she wasn't Barbara Gordon in another. She was a uh, she was she was Bruce Wayne's daughter, if I remember correctly. So. Huh. I feel like no, maybe I'm th- I'm thinking of spoiler. Wait, wait are spoiler. Spoiler? Is, no, spoiler is um is uh, the girl who became became a uh, bad girl for like half a minute. <laughs> She was like the daughter of a villain, and then yes. became Batgirl for a bit, That's... and then became spoiler. And then she became dead. No, she was spoiler first because she was spoiling her father's uh, thing, and then she became Batgirl, and then she became something else. Damn, I'm trying to remember her friggin' name. Um, Stephanie Brown, right? Her, she it was Stephanie Brown, mm-hmm. and she became she was spoiler. Then she became. Uh, then she became Batgirl for a hot minute, and um, I don't know. Did she ever become? Did she return to being spoiler? Um, so she joins in um, Gotham Knights. Oh dear. Oh no, that's the comic book Gotham Knights, because in the comic book Gotham Knights, uh, she, uh, Tim quote unquote dies, although we know that he doesn't die. But um. Oh, does she remain spoiler? Huh. I mean, the thing is that everybody just refers to her as Stephanie Brown. They don't call her anybody. They don't call her spoiler. They don't call her Batgirl. They just call her uh, Stephanie Brown now. Oh, you know, I wonder if Cassandra Kane is going to be in Gotham Knights, the game. For those who don't know, um, she was also Batgirl, and she's the one who had severe training, and she was able to sense... 
she was deaf. Uh, I mean, she was mute for a long while, and um, she gave up killing because uh, her power to empathize with her victims became so strong that she could feel the person dying under her, and she vowed never to uh, kill anyone ever again. Um, I wonder if she's going to be in uh, in Gotham Knights, the game. Whoa, what was that? Anyways, uh, we're getting too far into this. Uh, we're going to move to the next item. Company sells new PSV, PS5 plate design. This comes to us from Eurogamer. In February, Canadian-based device customization company Dbrand launched its replacement PS5 plates, dubbed Dark Plates, with a brazen attitude towards the prospect of a Sony takedown. Last week, Dbrand uh, revealed it subsequently received a letter from Sony threatening legal action and that it had complied with the demands, declaring Dark Plates are dead. Now, Dbrand has re- un- revealed a new brand for its PS5 plates, d- dubbed Dark Plates 2.0. And insisted the action is, quote-unquote, successfully closes the loop on this dispute and neutralizes any future infringement claims from Sony. Uh, for those who don't know, um, the dark plates, you know how what the, the uh, PS5 looks like. It has white sides. This replaces those and put, makes them black. So it's mm-hmm. an all-black console. In a Reddit post, uh, Dbrand said it only removed its original D5, uh, PS5 dark plates from sale because Sony had obtained a design patent for the shape of the console's side panels, which to me is very strange. Um, Dbrand said it had two options, fight Sony in court to the tunes of millions of dollars or, quote-unquote, start fresh. The new dark plates design matches the curvature of the main co- body of the console, adds vents, which the company claims improves thermals. More importantly, it makes your PlayStation 5 considerably less ugly, Dbrand said. The plates do not appear to ape the PlayStation face button design either. Sony had complained about the original dark plates doing just that. D-Brand is selling these new dark plates for $59.05 with a July, January 2022 uh, shipping window. Will Sony send another legal threat? Or as D-Brand puts it, is Sony going to still going to sue you assholes? The answer, probably. The difference this time is we've created an original design for which they have no basis to allege infringement. If they want to try, they'd better be ready to pay our legal fees. I gotta I say these uh, dark plates sound interesting. If I had a PS5, I'd probably like them, and that does sound like it would make the thing look less ugly. They do look it, cool. It just surprises me how big and bulky that thing actually is. Actually, you know the um, new the new plates actually remove that bulkiness from it and make it look "quote unquote" normal. Um, they also have in place that uh, on the side you have this circular uh, ventilation. The only thing I'm wondering is why Sony is so pissy about faceplates. I remember when console manufacturers sold faceplates. I, I remember the Xbox 360. People would buy faceplates for their 360 to make it look different. It's likely because Sony has intention to uh, make their own and don't want anyone else to have a piece of that pie. Do they? Before they get- I don't have know. they ever have they ever indicated that they're going to make faceplates? The only thing that I can like it's the only thing I can imagine is that the the reason why they wouldn't so, want somebody else to make money off of this is, is because they plan to make money off of this. Unless it's a it really uh, selfish, like we don't want anybody making money off of this. Period. You know, like they're not going to. And they don't want anybody else to do it either. Well, here's the thing. They could just say, oh, you know what? Um, if you mod your, your system, you're breaking warranty, right? Oh, that's yeah. Usually what people that. do. I mean, but that's the appropriate thing to do. You know, okay, you can do this, but, you know, you're breaking warranty. So if, if, you, if, it, if it gets broken, you have to pay. 
Not, but the problem with that is that there are so few PS5s. I don't know if how they how they could replace it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. The altruistic look at this, and this is going extremely altruistic, is that uh, the the PS5 produces so much heat that uh, the panels are probably made out of something that can deal with it, and maybe. Sony doesn't want you melting, uh, melting your console and uh, burning down your house with uh, crappy faceplates. Well, one, they wouldn't be responsible, and two, you'd have to buy a new PS5 now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess so. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. It's it just seems awfully petty. It seems Nintendo petty. Yeah, yeah. it does. You know, it seems like um, oh, we're gonna we're gonna put a strike on this this Pokemon party because. You use the image of Pikachu to, to advertise it, even though it's not it's it's um all proceeds are going to charity. Fuck you. We're your charity. You have to give the money to us. I don't know. Um here's a question. You own a PS five, are the are the white panels really that bothersome? No, I mean I have it in a cabinet and I keep it on its side and I barely ever look at the thing. It is enor- the the console is enormous. It's like uh it's like it's like the obelisk from uh, Dead Space just sitting it in just, the room. <laughs> it just seems to take up real estate it doesn't need to for no apparent reason. I mean you have these little pointy sticky ends up that that look really sharp and I, I just don't know why they're there. Uh, you know, I guess maybe they to thought look it was different. good but the box it just is, the looks box like it should match massive. the bevel and not be extending beyond it. Yeah, I have my Xbox Series X vertical, and I almost never do that with my console. But I just the the heat release is so critical to it that I just have it upward anyway because I don't know it's it'll keep my my thing cooler than if I just had it on its side. It feels like and besides which I don't want that blast of hot air just going off to the side. And it does get it, what's it called? I, I feel the hair, the air above the uh, Xbox Series X. It does. It is kind of hot. <laughs> so, I mean, that's another thing. I'm wondering, do, is there any ventilation on the sides, uh, DJ? Um, there is inside. Like the there is uh, there are two vents on either side of the of the PlayStation Five console. I mean, but is it on the is it on the faceplate though? It's not on the faceplate. The faceplate is solid. It's just it's just pushed out just enough from the console to allow airflow. Okay, because I was wondering because the the face these faceplates do have a um do have an airflow uh for the sides you know coming out of the faceplates it has ventilation there too. Yeah, it's a very hot machine. Which I here's the thing I I can't see how it would, how it could you know how it could hurt to have. Ventilation on the faceplates too. Even if even if the PS5 was cooler, still couldn't hurt to have more ventilation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a uh, it's a weird thing. I don't know what the deal is with Sony. I the only like the only feasible explanation I have is that they absolutely want to make money off this and don't want other people to. I think that uh, they've been very slow in moving things like. Like, uh, I mean, they only just got to putting out a couple new colors of controller for the for the DualSense. 
which usually they're pretty far along in getting those out the door by now. Like, I feel like by this time in the PlayStation 4's life, life cycle, they had a shit ton of colors already to go. Um, and I don't, I, I, it could be that like that still COVID is just slowing down the process of manufacturing, but uh, I don't know. That's a good point about the COVID. Uh, there is a very big chip shortage that's delaying a lot of uh, various products, you know, in all sorts of industries. So that that could be a big reason why the controllers are taking so long. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. That probably wouldn't affect faceplates, though. I don't know what the deal is with them. If they're going to pull the trigger on it, I would like them to, because it would be fun to customize the plates with something that was not a third-party product. I mean, I have nothing against third-party products, but I like to have, I guess, quality assurance. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Okay, Micros- I'm sorry. <clears throat> Minecraft Java Edition and Bedrock Edition are coming to Xbox Game Pass uh, for PC. This is from PC Games N. Mojang has unveiled, unveiled the two versions of Minecraft are coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC later this year. To be more specific, the two versions are Java Edition, Bedrock Edition, and they'll both be available in Xbox Game Pass for PC service from November 2nd, 2021. Java Edition is the most customizable version of the game and is the version you'll want to put if you plan to using custom Minecraft skins, Minecraft mods, and booting up uh, custom Minecraft maps and servers. Java Edition is also much more demanding on your hardware. The Bedrock Edition is a multi-platform crossplay and gamepad compatible version of the game. It's also much less demanding on hardware. The edition also purchased access to Minecraft Marketplace, where you can buy additional maps, skins, and various other goodies. And you play uh, the Java edition. I do play the Java edition, and this was from Minecraft Live, and probably, in my opinion, the least interesting part of Minecraft Live because <laughs> had, you did because you, you we were we weren't there for the, this bit of news. We were there for to see what was going to come with part two of Caves and Cliffs. Yeah, what what by the way, we talked about this last week. What creature won? Well, in in Caves and Cliffs part 2, they're going to include the lush cave biomes, the uh dripstone biomes, and then they're also going to add the uh extended um underground beneath bedrock for all old servers. So if you have an old server from 1.17 or even older than that, they will add a whole layer of caves and, and ores and all that stuff under your existing chunks. So that's really nice for those uh, existing worlds. And then 1.19, uh, the, the wild update, is going to update the swamps, which was one of the uh, which has all the features that they were showing in the biome uh, vote that they had like years ago. And you're, we're going to get mud, we're going to get mangrove trees. Um, we're going to get frogs, we're going to get uh, fireflies, uh, boats with chests, and you're going to be able to turn the mud into clay, and the wood has its own you know, special type of wood, and it has these uh, root blocks on it, and it has these uh, plants that uh, grow down from the branches and into the water, and hopefully they plant seeds, because it would be nice to have a tree planting itself. We don't have that in Minecraft uh, as of yet. 
but it, it would be a nice feature if that's what they're adding. Uh, they're also going to update the Birch Forest, it looks like, but we don't know the details of that. And they're adding uh, deep, dark cities into 1.19, which look really awesome to explore and very threatening with the warden coming out and uh, killing you very quickly if you're not careful. Yeah, but do you have your copper golem now? Oh, yeah, the copper golem lost, unfortunately, and the LA one, which will be able to uh, pick up items that you give it and program it with a note block to pick up those items specifically. Uh, but it'll only pick up stuff that's dropped on the ground. Yeah. It won't open chests. It won't rob players. It won't take from any other containers. It only picks up what's readily on the ground. You know, it's interesting, though. I, I realized that, you know, there are um, bombs in the game. And I'm wondering, yeah, you know, if you throw, if you, if you throw a bomb, bomb. Uh, if you throw a bomb and it explodes and it hurls up all these... Uh, you know, these uh, copper blocks or whatever, you know, you can just tell the LA, hey, guess what? Uh, pick up everything that just ex- that I just exploded over there in a, uh, in, in a, you know. In yeah, his- you could tell him to pick up all the copper and he'll just pick up the copper and leave all the cobble and other stuff there. So that could be useful. Um, also, Deep Dark Cities. Yes, yeah, so the Deep Dark City has all these uh, skulker sensors and it's very dark down there and it has... Uh, uh, skulker I can't remember all the different names but basically it has a, a, a type of skulker that will make it very dark there so it will give you like dark vision try to blind you and the warden will use these sound uh, waves to find where you are or hunt wherever, wherever the sound is coming from it will go to that sound and there's chests down there and I don't know what the warden drops when you kill it but it will hit you very hard, even with like full netherite armor. It'll do a lot of damage to you, like two hits. So you have to be very careful with this thing. You have to get creative with uh, how you attack it. I think. Uh, you know what? Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Minecraft streamer George I found said he rigged the Minecraft vote. <laughs> found what? Uh, Minecraft streamer said that he he rigged the uh, Minecraft uh, voting. No, I don't think it was rigged. I think people just really wanted the LA. I mean, you can't rig it. It's not rigging if some influencer says, hey, I want the LA, and then they all go vote for it. That's not rigging. That's just influencing the vote. Yeah, I mean, uh, last year it actually happened when one 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 streamer told all his viewers to vote for a certain mob. Rigging it is if somebody hacked it in there and threw away all the – Golem votes, you know that's rigging. Telling well, he, he, he joked, he did. To, he, he joked, he rigged the vote. <laughs> anyways, it, it's 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 you know it's it's fine. The LA will be a good uh, little assistant, I guess. I, I wanted the copper golem because I wanted a little robot buddy that would walk with me and and we would flip switches randomly and just or I could have him be a statue and it was you know well, the problem. I mean, the thing, I, a lot of people wanted the copper golem. Because there's very little use for copper in the game. Yeah, that's and the true. and the copper golem has like a limited shelf life. It rusts and it gets you know becomes useless and you have to build a new one. Well, I think you can maintain him. I think there was a way to wax him or oil him or something to keep him from uh, oxidizing. Or if you purposely wanted him to oxidize, you could do that too. So, but yeah, it, it def we definitely needed a, a, a more copper use because right now. I can make a spyglass and then I'm done. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> wait, isn't decorating with copper? There's one. Uh, you, lot. Yeah, the only other thing to make copper with, I think, are buttons. You know, press buttons. Uh, blocks and yeah, and and a, and a lightning rod. Um, but yeah, it's, it's 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 like there's not quite enough. We need some more, and that would have been a really good one because I mean you could definitely make a whole bunch of them and. Because right now I'm just going to have copper piling up and not a whole lot. Because like I'm going to make one spyglass. Unless I lose it, I'll probably just need that one. And the copper rods I'll use on maybe one village and then I'll be done. And Or I'll just replace all the roofs with stone. Because I actually had a copper rod on a, on a wooden uh, roof and a lightning struck it and still burned the wood. So I don't know what went wrong there. Uh, you know, it didn't work as intended, but uh, I think for yeah. a, a for here's the thing, for a lightning rod to work, it has to make the lightning go into the ground, not your roof. Well, the the way the game has to go it into has the, it on top of your roof, I know. No, but I think you have to have you have to have a column that goes through your through your house into the ground because that's what happens when you have a lightning rod; it's being grounded. I'll ha- I'll have to try that out then because uh yeah. And don't put it on top of your house. You can put it next to your house, and it'll it'll do the well, same I mean, thing. Video video game physics are different from real life. Yeah, physics. but Minecraft takes physics a little more seriously than most video games. If you make gold armor, it's not a very good idea because it has the same properties. It's very very soft and malleable. Right. It's useless as, but as I can an armor. Still have <laughs> I can still have lava flowing next to a snow block, and the snow block doesn't melt. Should be you giving know, off so steam some, at least. Some things that aren't quite reality pace but you know that's that's understandable so there's a lot of stuff coming out on game pass um uh, let me ask you uh, tj have there's a lot of people who are raving about rift breakers it came out on pc and it's also on game pass right now have you heard of it i have that's uh, it kind of looks fun it's like a kind of it kind of looks like a top-down mech strategy game from what i saw but i don't know if strategy is the right word have another look at it to make sure I'm thinking of the right thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's actually an action adventure, not a strategy, not a strategy game. It, yeah, yeah, it just it looked like a real time strategy with the way it looks like things play out. Yeah, I mean, but, here's uh, the thing: it has a top down view, well, sort of top down view. Um, it sort of reminds me of um, you remember those games that were tower defense, but you were running around and you created towers and then you were doing a shooter. It sort of seems like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a little bit of, uh, orcs must die, but also with a little bit of hell divers, but you also have into the pit. It just came out today. Outriders came back to X, uh, game pass. There was, um, there was also a, uh, update for, uh, animal crossing. Uh, I, I think I saw TJ tweet about that. So I know he, Saw that <clears throat> update as well. That's the, coming on November fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that excites me is that Everspace Two is coming to uh, PC Game Pass. Everspace Two is excellent. Yeah, it's still in early access, but still, um, you know, with all the disappointments that I'm having with Elite Dangerous and the fact that Star Citizen isn't coming out anytime soon, it's, it'll be nice to try out yet another new. Because um, I also played Rebel Outlaw Galaxy. And it's okay, but it's not quite my 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 cup of tea. So I, I'm eager to try Everspace too. 
Oh, and Alan Wake's American Nightmare is also coming to Game Pass as well. I mean, I guess it's appropriate with uh, the main game being remastered. I mean, Microsoft still owns American Nightmare. Yeah. Um, Alan, there's been, Alan Wake has been in the news a lot lately because everybody thinks that uh, – because well, there's a lot of reason to believe that uh, Alan Wake 2 is in the works. Um. Remedy has said that they're working on a new project. Everybody's um, wanted Alan Wake 2 for the past decade. Mm-hmm. Remedy is working on a new project. They've got Epic Games. They've got Epic Games money backing them now. Um, Which means it's going to be if it's Alan Wake 2. It's going to be a live service Alan Wake. Let's have I don't know about that. Let's have Battle Royale Alan Wake. Because <laughs> like. Alan Wake Remastered has come out since uh, since this whole uh, Al- yeah. Alan or er, Remedy Epic partnership, and it's the first time a lot of people have been able to play it because it was always a Microsoft PC uh, exclusive. Now you have uh, Sony fans finding out just what Alan Wake was like. Mm-hmm. Which I played it; it was fun. I hate Alan Wake himself; like he's a horrible fucking character. <laughs> what do you mean horrible, as in portrayal, or horrible as in just the person? The person. Well, there you go. I mean, a lot of people in these uh, Silent Hill type games are dicks anyway. Yeah, I mean, like with J- with James Sutherland from uh, from Silent Hill Two, he eventually ends up being a horrible person. And you find out about it, but uh, the, but up until like the there's a lot in that game that like pull up, that like you kind of feel bad for him up until you realize what a piece of shit he is. Um, <laughs> you don't he, like uh, horror authors? You don't, don't like, like Stephen King types? <laughs> in the first like hour of the game, he he yells at his wife for uh, for trying to help him get back into writing. And Have you noticed was, that all these horror writers in everything are dicks? I mean, yeah, what was that? Well, who was? Remember the horror writer that Ethan Hawke played in uh, that that? Jeez, I forgot. Uh, the movie with Bagul in it, um, you know, and he yells at his daughter, he yells at his wife. I'm trying to remember that. It, of course, you have you have the you have the main character of The Shining, who's not who's also a dick. So I guess it is if you're a horror writer and you're you're in a movie or a video game, you have to be a dick. Seems that way. Sinister. That was the name of the movie. Um, Does anybody remember the movie Sinister? No. <laughs> This was no. Ethan Hawke. He played a writer, and there was a demon called Bagul. And they actually had a Sinister too, but no one know, knew about it. Sinister is 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 actually an effective horror film. You should check it out. It's like what from 2013, 2014, something like that. It's not it's not half bad, and Ethan Hawke is good in everything that he does anyway. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know, Alan Wake. He's like horrible right from the right from Jump Street, and I have no chance to connect with him because I, he's just. <laughs> here's the thing: Did you play American Nightmare? I didn't. Okay, so he actually mellows out in American Nightmare. He's a little bit more. Um, he's a little more relatable in that game. That's a good. That's a good thing. If he hadn't been such a piece of shit in Alan Wake, I might have gotten there. But here's the thing: um, Amer- Alan Wake's American Nightmare is when you can see Remedy saying, "We're going to go all in." on having TV shows in our games. That's when they really started going into television production. 
because you're always watching stuff. In the, in the original Alan Wake, of course, there was a TV show, right? And it was actually called American Nightmare. Um, in the next, in Alan Wake's American Nightmare, it's like they fucking go all in on it. It's all about doing the TV show. And then when you have games like Quantum Break and Control, all these TV, it's like it's like you're it's like now you're watching a TV show with gameplay in between. But yeah, um, Alan Wake's American Nightmare is arguably arguably better than Alan Wake as a game, which makes sense because it's it's more refined, you know, and the story's a little tighter. That's, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I think Alan Wake is a good game. It's got some very interesting concepts to it. Like I, I, I enjoy the uh, the picking up pieces of paper and reading what's going to happen on them. <laughs> I enjoy the that. I enjoy the concept of like you use light to battle against to to make enemies vulnerable. I uh, that's why Remedy should have done an Alone in the Dark game because they tried to do that in Alone in the Dark and it failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And I just think that they. Uh, I think that that in general they do like a good job of gameplay in that game. I just can't stand playing as Alan Wake. <laughs> well, have you finished Alan Wake yet? I I got to the end of it. Oh, okay. So you should try Alan Wake's American Nightmare. It's it's pretty decent. It's still on PC too. Something like ten bucks. I'm not sure. Echo oh. or Echo Generation also comes out pretty soon. Yes, it comes out on the same day as Ever Everspace Two. And the game looks a lo- very fun. Alongside Dragon Ball Fighters, <laughs> which is an Arc System Works game, is it not? Yes. But you you have a you you prefer a different Arc Systems Works game. It begins with <laughs> it begins with G and ends with R. <laughs> Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. <laughs> You? Um, I really liked Grand Blue. Van- I actually really liked Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, but then they went and uh, quote unquote balanced my character to the point where I couldn't use them anymore. Oh. <laughs> uh, that reminds me. Is there anything? Is there any sequels coming out for Skullgirls? Um. Right now, they're putting out DLC characters for the game. They actually just put out another one very, very, very recently. So, okay, just wondering. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Um, and you know, um, oh, that's right, I tried playing The Forgotten City, and it's like I couldn't get into it. And now it's coming out on. Now it's coming out on Game Pass, so I figured, you know what, I'll just try it on PC and see how that works. So, Anyways, uh, look for our... Sh- oh, you know what, actually, before we go on, um, Scott did send me an article. It's not it's not meaty enough to be a... Uh, to be a, uh, you know, a discussion unto itself. And basically, the CEO of uh, Ubisoft, Easy Mo, who... You know, who's fond of making apologies before apologies are needed because he knows he's going to have to make an apology. Uh, he says that Ubisoft's open world Star Wars game will be groundbreaking. And it's about as as lo- as far along development as Elder Scrolls 6 is. That's how far <laughs> off it is. And my thing is, that, yeah, it's going to be groundbreaking. It's going to be the first Star Wars game that will be unambiguously boring. 
Because that's what Ubisoft does now. It takes concepts and makes them boring. Okay, to be fair, I loved uh, Watch Dogs Legion. But everything else by them has been boring. Well, how I tried not to sleep through it. Do you see uh, that uh, there's been confirmation today that uh, they're actually going to do a mainline Splinter Cell game again? Yeah, and I I, I can just see it's going to be a live service game, and you know it. Oh, they're my God, make that it. would be... They're going to make it a live service game. For as many times as they've turned Sam Fisher into a mobile game and put him in cameos and things like Ghost Recon and Rainbow Six, I think people would literally go to Ubisoft and burn it down if uh, if it was anything other than just a straight-up, proper Do you remember Splinter Cell, game? Splinter Cell when it was basically a high-tech thief game? You know, like Sam Fisher was actually Garrett. You know, in which you had these large levels that you had to negotiate through and try to use stealth. You remember that? I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I I do miss the thief games. I miss good thief games. Thief Four wasn't very good. <laughs> you mean um, Thief Four? Yeah, <laughs> the Four. <4-eef? laughs> but um, I. I would like a new like Splinter Cell is so very different from every other Ubisoft thing that's happening because we haven't really when you really think about it we really haven't had a very dedicated stealth action game in a pretty long time and that's why I keep playing Mark of the Ninja which is a 2D game but still it's the best stealth game that's available right now and I don't count Deathloop because you can go as loud as you want in that game and there's no <laughs> issue no, I mean, you know, you had that option in No One Lives for uh, No One Lives Forever too. I mean, you could try and do the stealth route as mu- as much as possible, but there was no real penalty for going loud in that either. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, okay, Mark of the Ninja allows you to be loud, but there's a purpose to it. I mean, if you decide to be loud, that means you you're going the bloody path. You know, there's a bloody path, there's the terror path, there's the silent path, and all that stuff. I always go the silent path. Because um, in the in Deus Ex Human Revolution, um, when I ghosted that first level with the with the hostages and no one ever knew I was there, that felt so special. It's like no one knew I was there. I rescued the hostages. I left. It's like they didn't even know I existed. You know, when you see that little. You get this XP for doing ghosts, like, gives me a warm feeling. Same thing with Alpha Protocol, by the way. When you get the message back from uh, from your handler saying that you were like an American ninja. Because <laughs> when you went in, no one, you didn't, you didn't take down anybody. No one, de- no one um, detected you. You just went in and out, and that's it. On the FBI station, too, especially that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you ghost a level in, in, a, in a stealth game, it feels so satisfying. Not even taking out any of the enemies. They never knew you were there. Yeah. Like, for as hard as it was to actually ghost a level in the original Splinter Cells games, yeah. There, it, finding that correct path and figuring it out and doing it right and getting it all locked down was... And also, you know, Splinter Cell also had the non-lethal route. I mean, they gave you a, a gun that would just knock people out. Yeah. Um, and now uh, he's gone all uh, Jack Bauer, and 
There's no there's no scene in it. there's no scene in which he doesn't do some horrible things to somebody. And it's like I don't want this. This is not what I asked for. Anyways. Well, we'll see. It still like feels like it's we're pretty far distance off from getting a proper Splinter Cell reveal. But hope springs eternal. Getting back to this Ubisoft Star Wars thing. You know, it's going to be open world because Ubisoft doesn't know how to do any other type of game anymore. But I think that, you know, um, that that EA game, you know, the EA single player game, uh, Star Wars uh, Jedi, you know, with uh, that off-brand Kyle Katarn, I forgot his name already, Kyle Kestis. You know, at least that was an open world game done right. You know, the only reason for an open world game is that you could see what what side quests you could do. You know, but you had to find the side quests. Yeah. I mean, Respawn, for what it was worth, did their very best impression of a Dark Souls game with a Star Wars game, which was impressive. And it just makes me wonder what they're going to do with Immortals Phoenix Rising. I don't know. I feel like they finished up on that, didn't they? I, I feel like they speaking of they... that, actually, I just noticed on my uh, God Galaxy, I had gotten Phoenix Rising uh, a physical CD and registered it through uh, my Sony account, and then on my God Galaxy, I noticed that UPlay will allow me to download the game and play it on my computer, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, um, there are several options for that in other parts too. Um... You can do the same thing with some Xbox games, but I haven't tried it yet. Um, actually, I have Syndicate that I on my GOG account, which I have never played, and I keep meaning to play, and I don't. But anyways, the main point is that Ubisoft is going to make Star Wars boring. It's just depressing. Yeah, go to this symbol on this map and level up, and yeah, it's like, eh, I want to play Star Wars The Old Republic again. Or actually... Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. The Old Republic is the is the MMO, which is still going on, and I still have my uh, Sith Inquisitor. Not Inquisitor. Um, the Agent. The Imperial Agent. I'm sorry. I still have my Sith Imperial Agent, um, which is a fascinating story, since I'm playing him as a light-sided Imperial Agent. And I should get back into that, even though it's free to play. Although I'm a legacy player, so we'll see. Anyways... Um, Look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback. So leave us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us some iTunes comments. Um. You can find me on Twitter at Aren't you supposed to say something after that? <laughs> I was waiting for you to finish, Jonah. I said you can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. Uh, I didn't hear that part. It, it cut off. <laughs> um, well, you can find me at Charter Moore. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. And we will see you next next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.
What? I don't know what you said. You you still got that weird uh, voice modulation, deep voice thing going. What are you talking about? I said, did you see that Star Wars item? We don't want to play a game, Jonah. Talk to us normal. What? There we go. We don't want to play what game? <laughs> you, it, you sound like um that you, Jigsaw. You sound like Jigsaw from Saw. <laughs> Let's play your game. I'm like, no. <laughs> Wait a minute, why is this broadcast... Oh. Hold on. Okay. Why did it copy that? Uh, Turn this off. Yes, I want to delete the copy. What the hell? Copy, turn off, delete, yes. And delete that copy, yes. So weird. Um, There we are. Okay, so it's on Broadcaster 1. Um, That should be fine. I don't know why yeah, it had... You- what? I was just going to say, you sound fine now. Really? I didn't sound uh, sound good before? No. Because here's the thing with broadcast. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, hold on. Maybe you'd like... Uh, it sounded like you were you were doing a, a, a Saw guy impression, but also like you were in the next room over. Okay, how about this? This is better, right? And see, that one is, like, really, like, high-pitched chipmunk voice, sort of. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It is a chipmunk. <laughs> 